Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Heart of Dating Podcast. It's JJ and Kate. (laughs) We swapped it up on you. And we are to you are listening to episode three of season nine. Mm-hmm. This has been a long awaited episode. What we're talking about today, we cannot wait. We are talking about, you know, they're really great, but their theology is a little bit different. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. So that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into the episode, we have a few announcements for you. First of all, mark your calendar. November 8th. I want it marked right now. If you see me on YouTube, you see me with my finger. Mark your calendar. Guys, November 8th, Heart of Dating Conference 2023 tickets go on sale. (laughs) We are so excited. If you don't know what this is, this is our biggest event of the entire year. The biggest event of the entire year where thousands of singles gather in person and online to learn, grow, mix and mingle. It's like truly my favorite thing that we do in many ways because it is what has really become the heartbeat of the heart of dating community. So if you've never been you have to come to our Heart of Dating Conference. You really are not a part of the HOD fan bam unless you come to conference, okay? I love you, but if you really want to be and claim an HOD fan bam person, you got to come to conference. Okay, so November 8th, tickets are on sale. Hey, every day on Instagram until November 8th, we have been dropping and leaking key details about who what, where, when, why, all the things to do with conference. So far, we have released that Atlanta, Georgia is our location. Atlanta, let's go. (laughs) February 18th and 19th. Hello, President's Day weekend. Hello, hopefully Monday day off for many people. Mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday, it's a two-day event. It's going to be incredible. We've also leaked one of our keynote speakers, the one the only J.P. Pakluda. J.P. is an incredible pastor. And you guys, this year at Heart of Dating Conference, pretty much every guest that we announce is going to be live in person That's right. at in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get FOMO. You can still join us online. It's going to be amazing. But, you know, this last the past years, we've had a lot of virtual pre-recorded sessions. Mm-hmm. This time, it's going to be way more live and almost pretty much all live sessions. We also announced our co-host and partner church, Sam Collier, who leads and pastors Story Church Atlanta. Oh my gosh. We are so thrilled to partner with Sam at Story Church. This is going to be incredible, you guys. Sam is amazing. If you don't know Sam Collier... 
you're you're missing out because he is a hoot. He and his wife Tony are incredible. Tony's been a good friend of mine for some years now, and Tony's also going to be speaking at the conference. We can't wait. So that's another like sneak peek of another guest speaker. Actually, I just leaked uh, accidentally on the podcast. You just you leaked it. I leaked it. Oh, oh. well, you guys are very special. <laughs> Are you the mole who's been leaking all these details? I am. Wow. Don't I look like a mole? Don't answer that. <laughs> hey, honey, would you love me if I was a mole? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. And lastly, we leaked the detail of our conference theme. Okay. Each year we pray about a theme, and this year this one has really been solidified on our hearts. Mm-hmm. The conference theme of HODC 2023 is... Unexpected. Unexpected. Let me tell you, this is, it's an incredible, incredible vision we've been praying into. Our vision is that Christian singles around the world would break free from hopelessness, disappointment, and stuckness and be reawakened and activated into newfound hope and expectation for God to do the unexpected in their life. Wow. I'm so excited. That is the theme of Heart of Dating Conference 2023. It's going to be amazing. And if you guys have been around for any length of time, you know I talk about unexpected all the time. Date the unexpected and God may do the unexpected. So we're so excited for God to do the unexpected at conference. All right. That's a big deal. So make sure to mark your calendar November 8th. Right, babe? That's right, honey. Oh, okay. One more thing, you guys. Tomorrow, we have our Singles Academy Masterclass. We are so pumped to be welcoming special guest, Dr. Barb Hill. She is incredible. She is unmarried, which is really fun because she really gets what it's like. She is a therapist and a counselor, and she's going to help us to identify anxiety and self-sabotage patterns in dating. It's going to be amazing. If you've never been to our Singles Academy Masterclass, class and you want to be a part of the program, you can actually join for free right now. We have a seven day free trial. So you can join, come to our masterclass tomorrow night on Thursday, the third, and you can try the singles Academy out for one week. Go to heartofdating.com forward slash TSA. Good job. Thanks, babe. You cruise through that. You're so animated. Oh, thank you, honey. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's time to start the episode. Yes, it is. Okay, so today we're going to start off with our favorite segment, a great date question. Great date question. Uh huh. So, Hit me with it. Honey, we're looking at each other over candlelight, and I look at you and I say, Hey, what was one of your favorite childhood activities? I love that question. I do too. You know, I grew up in a really cool neighborhood in Connecticut. If you guys didn't know, I grew up in Connecticut, actually, where everyone on our street was around my brothers and I's age, which was super fun. And honestly, my favorite childhood activity was truly playing neighborhood games. And we would play kick the can and we would play tag and we would play just all sorts of game. I mean, um, sardines. That was Uh a really fun game. That's a great one. And it was just the whole neighborhood kids. We would all gather in my yard, our neighbor, the Schwartz's yard, like all, and just, we would all play together. It was so much fun. So outdoor games, that was my jam. That's a great one. I love that. And I think every kid looks back if they had that, you know, from eight to 12 years old. And that was just such a fond time of life. Yeah, Mine probably in the same time range. I would say fall Saturday mornings where we went and played peewee football. 
in our peewee football league <laughs> was such a cherished Cute. i love football but now you guys know why it was such a cherished memory for us to get up and then you get the orange slices and the snacks it really didn't matter if you won or lost oh, you're cute. just kind of there to have a good time uh with all your brothers and all your friends so mm -hmm. that was it for me the reason why we love this question is because it's a takeaway for you all to get a great personal glimpse of some fun information yeah. on some of their core joys yes. right and the bonus here is you can maybe even use the information and their answer yeah and a follow-up date a gift an idea i like that so it's a great recon question and it's a, just a great like snapshot of what brings them joy in their core that's really cool uh -huh. i love that baby me too mm. is it cool so let's jump in today honey okay this is gonna be a fun one i think theological for the guys differences too, yeah for the guys listening this is a big one i hear all the time yeah so the question is uh or the the issue is is they're great i really like them their theology is different. Uh, yeah. It's just different than mine. Like yeah. it's different spiritual backgrounds. Now we did a compatibility series about a year ago, or I did in 2021, August and September. And this was one we didn't get to cover, but has come up. So this kind of tackles that compatibility episode that I never got to do that season. Uh -huh. Like, what do you do? Are you compatible? Yeah. If you have different spiritual backgrounds, different theological backgrounds. You know, I'll never forget. I had a close friend when we started dating, pulled me aside, a guy I really trust who's very wise. He said, believe it or not, but some of your biggest conflicts are going to be on theology. Interesting. And yeah. I was like, no way. <laughs> and then sure enough, there you go. So there's two things that I think that we should identify before we jump in. Yeah. And the first one is this problem of just differing theology is a lot more common relationships yeah. than we would ever think yes it is like by far one of the most common things yeah and the second thing is this it causes a lot more conflict and yeah. relationships than we care to admit that's true so it's more common and causes more conflict than we kind of like to talk about so i'm super happy we get to address it yeah and just for everyone listening you know if you are new here if you've been around like we, a lot of what we also want to do with these conversations that have to do with compatibility is just share our thoughts and perspective and challenge you to maybe think a little differently than you thought on this before. But in no way are we saying this is exactly how it should be done. You know, you need to take all of these things that we share and bring them to your community, counsel to God, mm. especially, and see, you know, what is my true conviction here on what I feel I'm comfortable with? Exactly. That was such a good disclaimer. No, thanks, honey. You're so wise. <laughs> I just like to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know what we'll talk about today is why is it so common? How is it so common if mm. we are all in the same body of Christ? Yeah. And you might even be in the same church and, and community group and be facing this issue. Yeah. Why? Like, how is this an issue if we all abide in the same body of Christ? That's right. So let's jump in. Okay, go ahead. Oh, you want me to lead? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love it. Wow, what a privilege. So I think the first thing that we should do is define theology. And the definition of theology is it's the study of God and your personal belief of God, Yeah. right? So, or really it's hmm. how somebody studies, interprets, and views God from their personal perspective. Okay. So you follow that? It's interesting. It is interesting because 
it, don't get it twisted, right? Theology is rooted in the truth of the Bible, and yet it's a deeply personal, personal belief that's filled with cornerstone beliefs, yeah. passionate beliefs from their personal history, and then beliefs and highlights from scripture that you feel like is a call from God on your life yeah, and is your purpose. Yeah, so some scripture true. and principles and cornerstones really, really speak to you personally. That's right. More than others. That makes sense. And there's just so many humans. And I, and I think the wonderful part about that is that the truth is not to be entirely confused or twisted with just your personal interpretation of the truth. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my way of Jesus is like, I, well, Jesus is this to me. So <laughs> yeah. This is it. Like, this is my theology. Exactly. Right? Like, that's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm -hmm. your Jesus is not my Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so I think that quickly introduces kind of like the ground that we're talking about. Yeah. And I would just say there's got to be examples of non negotiable, mutually agreed upon truths. Here's a great and one. If you're dating, right? If you're dating. Yeah. yeah. Like dating if you're relationship dating and, then... and have a different spiritual background, you're saying there has to be examples of non-negotiable mutual agreed upon truth right for both people and that as yeah. christians with all of our sects and denominations there are still cornerstone truths yeah. and the christian hood beliefs that we all mutually agree upon yeah jesus is the divine son of god who is god who paid the price for our sin one of my favorite ones and i think that if you are a christian listening to this it's John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. This is a core foundational truth of the Bible, of our salvation, that is not really up to personal interpretation. Right. Right. And that is something that as I look for my spouse and partner, that is just a deep foundational truth. And, and the faith of a Christian and my faith and any other Christian's faith that should be mutually agreed upon. Yeah. Right? So it's a cornerstone. And then there's convictions of scripture that are deeply nuanced, mysterious, and have a few different opinions mm. that are even debated by biblical scholars, theologians, pastors, and leaders. These are what typically divide the sects of Christianity into different denominations. Mm -hmm. One very popular one, the gift and the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? That is going to look very, very different depending on the denomination which you are participating in. That's right, babe. Yeah. So, honey, I know I'm leading a lot of this. Keep is going. There... <laughs> this is great. I'm like, mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is so funny. Well, you're a great listener. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> so, one thing I did want to introduce and get your thoughts on is. If we look at the stats of Christianity, just mm -hmm. to kind of think about mathematically, sorry, what we're talking about is there are 2.2 billion Christians on earth, according to Pew Research. Okay. 2.2 billion. And really quickly, we're just kind of go there. Did you guys know that 50% of Christians are Roman Catholic? From that statistic. From yeah. that statistic. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode. But right off the bat, mm -hmm. you guys can just see two, like my head can't even wrap the, my mind <laughs> around two billion. But half of them being Roman Catholic means like already distinctly half of the quote unquote, you know, pool is somebody who fundamentally has some different uh, beliefs than me. 
when it comes to this Christian family of different denominations and beliefs. Protestant Christian family. Exactly. Yeah. Protestant, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about. Yeah. And we got some history. We got a little history lesson for you guys. So do you want to talk about maybe the U.S. denominations and yeah. how we even came to this word denomination? Yeah. I want to hear it. Oh, you want to hear it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to share it. Okay. Well, I feel bad. Well, you... you no, <laughs> I'm going to... This is good. I'm listening, babe. I'm well, like... Well, you, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. nailed and the introductions we'll and announcements. So I guess this is my time yeah. to see if I can you match it, how baby. good you are. Okay. I appreciate you. <laughs> so guess what? This kind of blew my mind when I read about it. I was like, is there really 200 denominations in the U.S. alone? I'm not surprised. Yeah. 200 yeah. denominations. And so obviously there's a lot of major ones and we're going to talk about those. But the denominations and splits and differences of opinion have existed since the birth of Christianity. And I would even say mankind. Mm. The way we view God and interpret God and his truth in scripture is inherent in the human DNA. Jesus is, as an example of this, Jesus's number one enemy on earth besides the enemy and Satan was the Pharisees, Yeah, right? They were so blinded by their theology of what's right and what's wrong. They completely missed yes. the savior walking right in front of him. We are reading in Luke 10 and 11 where he was literally, he heals a blind man and then he looks at the Pharisees and calls them spiritually blind for yeah. what they are missing right in front of them. Yeah, I was reading in John 8 and 9 too. It's just so interesting. Like they're like debating back and forth. You can't possibly be the son of God because you are a blasphemer. You are all these things, right? Because like he healed on the Sabbath. That was his constant theme. Oh, he healed on the Sabbath and now he broke the law. There's no way he could be the son of God because mm -hmm. they're so stuck on that rule. It's just over and over and over you see it. I mean, I've been reading and doing Tara Lee Cobble's Bible recap, which right now we're doing the New Testament. So I'm just like thick in the gospels right now. Yeah. And it's like every day I'm like reading another time where, you know, the th the Pharisees are like, dude, you did this on the Sabbath. How <laughs> you did, dare you? You did this wrong. Like, our rules are this, you know? And so, yeah. And they completely, obviously we know how this ends, um, but they missed the Savior. They missed Christ walking right in front of them. Yeah, I love it. it it's just such a great, humble perspective yeah. for us as Christians. When we talk about the idea of theology and how important it is to not miss the life of Christ in front of us. Mm -hmm. And one theme and one quote and one pattern you'll often hear is quote at Heart of Dating is, look, honestly, it's easy to talk about theology. It's easy to have a statement of beliefs. It's easy to read commentaries and complex arguments and recite these bullet points. It's easy to argue amongst Christians. You know what's hard? Living a life of Christ outside of the conversations. You know what's really hard? Yes. Dying to self and dying to That's my right. arrogance and my pride and my self-righteousness. Yeah. It's really, really hard to selflessly always love others. Right. So that is kind of what we're talking about. And as a fun fact and history lesson for you guys, because you know I got to get that history. <laughs> Denominations, fun fact, were actually born out of the Reformation era, right? Yeah. The Protestants, the protesters of the Catholic faith were claiming that any believer could read scripture and have a personal relationship with God. But then a very, very obvious problem emerged. Whose interpretation of scripture was the right one? 
whose interpretation was right if it's everybody's personal interpretation and personal relationship. Mm -hmm. So boom, there you go. (laughs) So that is where denominations actually were born from. And I just want to be clear. One of my favorite things that I've, I've been reading in the New Testament lately is Scripture actually does not give us a mandate for denominations. (laughs) Scripture nowhere gives a mandate and a call for denominations. It actually gives the opposite. It gives us a mandate for union and connectivity in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.12 Titus 3 9. I when's the last time you guys heard anybody quote Titus? There you go. <laughs> but it gives us a call to drop quarrels about lineage, ancestry, theology, and to focus on being an active participant in the body of the unified body of Christ. Yeah. So thoughts? I mean, this is really good. Let's so I I lo- like this. I love the history lesson. I mm-hmm. love really like framing it. It's things to think about for those of you especially who are very very who have felt the conviction like I can't date someone who has a different spiritual or theological background Mm -hmm. than me and so you know and and to you know call out the thing we said earlier it can cause conflict so like you're gonna hear our thoughts on this but I will say like yeah it causes conflict if you have different theological backgrounds or different beliefs even convictions you know yeah, there is there's a there can be major issues in the relationship or just like conflict that can come up in a relationship. Yeah. Because of those differences. So why does it cause so much conflict? Because we're it's usually like a very deeply you're de- deeply passionate about it, but I think there's a lot of pride attached to that too. Yeah. I yeah. think so. And it's okay to have passion, but you're exactly right. We, we mask it with passion and beliefs, and this is the truth. And guess what's underneath it? Pride. Yeah, it's like, this is the truth. You must know it, and your truth is wrong. Yeah. Um, and I know. It's like, your truth, this is my truth, your truth, whatever. But <laughs> I, that sounds like I hate those things. Oh, well, this is my truth. <laughs> I mean, I don't truth. hate it, but, you know, it's like we, we've all heard that. Well, it's not truth. It's subjective this truth. is how i feel this yeah. is truly how i feel okay cool. Right. so um but this is what i really truly believe and so the the thing about this is we could go on and on there's w- so many different ways to slice and dice scripture interpretations i mean even just like the amount of and like like how many different versions of biblical texts that we have yes we have that too <laughs> then you go into like well do you read esv or niv do you right. read M- msg message version oh gosh like you you read the message version you read the passion translation who are you oh my gosh you must be a charismatic definitely like you know and we have all the like that's not the way to really read the bible then you can get into that like even judging people or like being like uh, judging them for the kind the translation they're reading as well which is so interesting yeah but it there's so much context to it and i'm all about you having your own convictions and there that's a beautiful thing but i think where is the line it the line what we want to talk about and get to is should you eliminate somebody or not if you find out their theological background is different than yours Exactly. And then there's a difference, right, between the fundamental core beliefs, the mutually agreed upon yes. beliefs, and the tertiary beliefs. Yes. But ultimately, when it, especially when it comes to the tertiary stuff, we are internally saying that my view is right because of X, Y, Z, and yours is wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this is we lose all sense of humility. And more importantly, we forfeit the opportunity to just love them well. That's right. Even if their view is not right. There's a great story 
uh, in my past with Kate and a friend of ours where, guys, I, this is really the moment where I had to learn through failure, where I just could not seize the opportunity to love and listen well. And I had, it was my pride showing up and I had to assert the fact that I was right, the truth was being missed and she was wrong. And guess yeah. what? Fortunately, this friend forgave me after the fact and we were able to reconcile. But as I look back, it was not loving of me. Even if the truth was uh, not being presented, that wasn't the point. The point was I did not love well. Yes. So what we're saying in this episode is we're not saying to just throw theology out the window and live your truth and let someone else live their truth. Uh, and we're not <laughs> we're not also saying to ask out that cute Jehovah's Witness <laughs> out for a coffee date <laughs> after you wrap up passing you know their invite to the church. Yeah. What we are saying is when you evaluate their theology to use the advice of Jesus himself, which in Matthew seven sixteen, do you want to read it? Yeah, it says, you shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. You, you shall know, know if them. they are Christian yes. by their fruits. That is, you can learn about them in the terms of what they do their behavior versus strictly evaluating their theology, which anybody, by the way, can rehearse and recite. Yes. Even the Pharisees could do that. Yeah. So do you want to evaluate their life and their fruit, or do you want to evaluate their theology and their talking points? Because if you're going to do that, then we should just send you on a time machine 2,000 years ago, and I think you'd have some great dates lined up with the Pharisees and <laughs> and the female Pharisees. You know, the, the hard part here is unless you are marrying and you are set on marrying from your exact church community, like you will probably have to make some compromises and sacrifices and maybe some concessions about that person's background theologically we're okay and i want to make it very clear once again we're not talking about where they are at in their faith and mm -hmm. not and this is not a conversation of not being equally yoked this is a conversation about different theological backgrounds and beliefs yes. you know like i could be a charismatic running after jesus like really deep in my faith spiritual fruit and jj could be a really running after jesus running in his faith lots of spiritual fruit baptist and that that could still be evenly yoked because of our relationship with Jesus, the spiritual fruit in our life. Right. What we're saying is charismatic Baptist. Is that like what we're trying to figure out is, is that a good match, you know? Right. And so and that's for the, like different theological backgrounds. Exactly. And one of the most popular questions from you guys is it, is it okay to date? X denomination. Yeah. I'm X denomination. That might look like, again, charismatic versus Baptist. It's a great example. I know. I love that one. <laughs> what would you say are the other ones that you've heard? Uh, well, there's a there's a lot, but I would say one that I want to rest on for just a second is just overall Catholic versus Protestant. Mm -hmm. You said earlier there's 2.2 billion Christians in the world, but over 50% of that, that category of Christians is Roman Catholic. Yes. Some of you may or may not know. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not. I grew up Catholic, actually, mm -hmm. and I became Protestant in high school. But and you guys know, well, some of you know my story of, you know, purity culture in high school and all this stuff. And that was when I actually switched over from Catholicism into being a Protestant, non-denominational. And it was really interesting because <sighs> I came into this group again, if like lots of rules, lots of things. I was I had a boyfriend at the time. It was it was a wild time. But 
you know, they came to me being like, you're Catholic, like you're not a Christian, like you need to like do all these things if you want to actually be a Christian. Uh I'm like, what? I felt so, I'm just gonna be honest, like I felt so judged. I felt so unwelcome. I had never experienced this before in my life. Yeah. Um, And I was like, what? Like these Protestants who are supposedly on the outside, really sweet, kind, love God, are like sitting here. And these are high schoolers, but they are literally coming at me being like, you aren't a Christian, this and the other because you do Mm -hmm. and all these judgments and, you know, don't at me with all your thoughts on the Catholic (laughs) belief right now. I'm not asking for that. But uh, we have amazing Catholic followers as well who listen to this podcast and shout out if you're listening. And so a big question is Catholic versus Protestant. And I am Protestant of whatever denomination you are. And I match with this person on an app who says Christian, but then that means for them that they're Catholic. Mm -hmm. And should I go out with them? Now, that is a big question. Yeah, it is. And I would say yes. My this again, you discern this, you take this to Jesus. I would say yes, go out with them. Now, at the end of the day, uh, if you come into a relationship with this person and it's serious and they have great fruits of the spirit, both of you, like let's say the Catholic person you're dating has great fruits of the spirit, they have an intimate relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. which PS is a fat as a big myth that Catholics don't have a relationship with Jesus and it's just stone cold because they do the rosary and like they don't have any connection to God or Jesus, like an intimate relationship. I'm like, oh my gosh. People that my experience in the Catholic faith faith actually was so amazing and probably different than maybe a lot of people think of the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on that. But basically, the reality is if you are dating this person who's Catholic and you are you're now engaged. Well, guess what? If you get married and they want to be Catholic and go to a Catholic church and you want to be Protestant, whatever denomination and go to your Protestant denomination church. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to go to different churches or are you going to somebody is going to become Catholic or somebody's going to come become Protestant? Right. Exactly. So what what are we going to do? I mean, it's the same with charismatic versus Baptist, even though that's like under the Protestant umbrella, like still it's similar. Exactly. Well, that's exactly the point. Unless you're marrying somebody from your community group, guess what? If you're a Methodist versus non-denominational, if you're Episcopalian versus evangelical, if you're Presbyterian versus a Bethel church (laughs) goer, guess what? There's going to be some compromise in the road ahead, especially over what church you're going to be attending. And that's the reality of what we're trying to say. Unless you're literally marrying somebody who might even be from your church community, who could even still have different beliefs than you, you're going to have to make compromises, sacrifices, and concession with and about your spouse's theology. Yeah. There will simply be a lot of this. You ready? I agree to disagree. Yeah. And and that might be over some stuff that you really care about. Right. There's going to be some... I agree to disagree. Yeah. And I still respect you and loved you. Now, if you are called to a pastoral role in your church and you feel really called to that, that's your purpose and mission from God, that then maybe we're having a different conversation here because you want to be joined with somebody who you're going to run together in ministry with under that denomination. That yes. could be different. Yes. Um, but if that's not the case, then I don't know. I I would just say 
I would say be open and get a lot of counsel around you to really, really feed into the situation, feed into, Mm -hmm. you know, and and help you assess who is Jesus to them. What are their core beliefs of faith? Do those core beliefs of faith line up? What are the fruits of the spirit in their life? And I, I'm not saying it's always going to be like a yes, go ahead, Catholic and Protestant, charismatic uh-huh. and Baptist. Right. But I think the challenge here is what does it look like to just not eliminate that person off the bat? If you're if you're right. not called to specific vocational ministry in that denomination. Exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree. That was really good because <laughs> the reality is that there's a lot exactly. of Catholics who might not live a Christian life behind their theology. And guess what? There's a lot of Christians who Protestant might, Christians. Yeah, Protestant Christians. <laughs> hey, you did it. You I'm did so that sorry. Oh. I did it. Point in case. There's a lot of Protestant Christians who claim it a name and don't live the life mm-hmm. behind it. So here is the most important theology to know. Who is Jesus to them? And how is he manifesting in their life today? Oh, you said the word manifest. I'm just kidding. Is that a is that a no go word? Like a, a hot topic word, babe. Oh, really? <laughs> manifesting in my life. I'm gonna manifest this into my life. You ready? You know? How is Jesus impacting their life today? Showing up in their yeah, exactly. That's what I love. So you know, and and no, even JJ and I, we have different varying backgrounds. Obviously, I mean, I'm not Catholic anymore. I'm Protestant non-denominational right now we've actually been going to a more charismatic church i haven't always gone to a more charismatic church definitely not and jj has like i have gone to more anglican leaning churches actually it's it's really interesting i've Uh gone to a lot of different kinds of churches but we have some different theology differences that have caused some pretty big arguments to be honest they have and they're nothing core faith beliefs but there are some theology differences where it's like i feel really passionate about this and he's like well i feel really passionate about this (laughs) and it's clearly things that we've thought about processed like and feel really deeply on and so it has caused some conflict but do i think our marriage is horrible or we shouldn't have gotten married because of those things no no because you know what we say we say you know what it's okay to disagree here okay and we're not gonna let it you know ruin the whole entire relationship so i hope and it's okay to learn from each other and be open that's an interesting perspective for sure and i think as long as you know you share those fundamental beliefs they probably have something that you can learn from yeah and just as a quick note this is a fun thing i just realized the reason why i'm married to kate today is because one of my best friends in high school was catholic and he is a Protestant now, which I'm not saying I told you so, or we converted him. But just because we didn't allow the Catholic versus Protestant thing to get in our way of becoming great friends um, yeah. that I now know Kate today. That was 20, 20 years ago. So yes. I just want to encourage you guys, you never know, even just being friends with somebody of a different denomination or religious affinity can teach you a lot. Yeah. And we just want to encourage you guys with these thoughts today. So, yeah. We love you guys. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Make sure to tune in for JJ's man mini sode. Mini, mini man sode Friday. Mini man sode Friday. <laughs> okay, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge Podcast Network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. 
If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.